You're listening to Zen Sandwich, a podcast for the independent mind and anyone who embraces life despite its absurdities. Join former attorney and professor turned Japanese papermaker Mark Reed each week as he talks with creative, inspiring, and influential people, or as he shares his own research to help make your world a little better today than it was yesterday. There is a uh, famous Zen proverb that goes like this. Obstacles don't block the path. They are the path. And my guest today is an expert on living and walking the obstacle-filled path, or put more stringently, a path of failure. <laughs> By his own admission or confession, he is the world's number one failure. I don't know about that, but uh, I'm not here to argue that. Regardless, he is the host of the Failure Guy podcast, which you can find, well, pretty much anywhere you're listening to this one. He joins me today from Kansas City. Welcome, Failure Guy, Ben Courier. Uh, first of all, I'm offended greatly at the fact that you say that I'm not the world's number one failure because I <laughs> took that, I used that, and then if anybody beats me, like, first of all, I took it first, so... There's nobody else trying. And then if they beat me, I fail. And then don't I succeed at failing? And therefore, it's in the say, paradox. No, there's, an, right, there's an irony there somewhere. Um, so I think I'm undethronable. Well, um, you do have a successful podcast. So mm. I just want to be successful by being a failure. That's funny to me because I've tried so hard the legitimate way mm. and gotten just well, that mixed results. That's a good place to start. I'm going to actually steal a page from your podcasting playbook, come straight out of your show. I've heard some, I've heard several episodes now and versions of how you start out. I want you to first tell me something amazing about yourself before we dive into all the disastrous failures. I see what you're doing here. Okay. So, um, <laughs> am I that transparent? I'll do two. I'll do two of them. How's that? So first, I've had over 20 million minutes of my voice listened to explain Excel to people. Wow. I, mean, I haven't listened to it, but it, that's been the, it's somewhere probably between 20 and 25 million. I did the math forever ago. So I've just been kind of uh, haphazardly adding to that number here and there. Cause I know just roughly what's going on. Mm -hmm. And then I used to work for a video game company, the one that made rock band and guitar hero. And uh, wow. I got to go to China actually to see the first Paul McCartney bass come off the line, which was blue plastic because they were just testing to make sure it worked functionally and then that was a very non-zen situation because i remember <laughs> being in a room where they were testing out this like they were doing mattel toys at the time because they weren't yeah. on our stuff yet so i went to this room and it was these six um chinese girls sitting around the table and then they would push these buttons on this cat toy and it would go meow meow <laughs> <laughs> and it would be like a cacophony of cat sounds and i was in there for like two minutes and i wanted to immediately leave so i don't know how those girls did it it would be worse was this like, than a like a physical sweatshop or with like eight-year-old girls it was like no they're doing mattel toys i mean this is like a higher higher end factory you know yeah. they were showing off to us but it was in like a clean room and stuff it was just the insanity of the noise is what did it to me it was not like they were in terrible conditions otherwise but I didn't think anybody had to test those things. <laughs> so give us like a rundown. Give us a list of, you know, what jobs did you get fired from and why? It's always so tough. 
Okay. So the first one, KPMG, public accounting. Oh, that's well, that's a big that's one of the big four uh accounting firms. It is. There was five before Enron, and then they took down Arthur Anderson, and then there's four. KPMG, which stands for Kleinfeld, Pete, Marwick, and Girdler, which, of course, everybody knows that one. Um, I was about a year, year and a half into it, and they every two weeks or three weeks, they basically replace your overlords. So mm -hmm. I'd be switching from engagement to engagement. So if I liked anybody or I impressed anybody, it would disappear in a couple of weeks. But if I pissed somebody off, it didn't disappear. Right. <laughs> Cause, yeah. Because... You know how that is. And then yeah. I think we were talking about it on my podcast, but yours will probably get out first into the world. So uh, we were saying we'd see you as a lawyer, me as a as a public accountant, like the partners, the people who are the cream of the crop, staying there till like 10 o'clock at night. And it's like, is that the, that's the end goal future that I'm trying to strive for? So mm -hmm. I was like, I don't want to be here. So I just... I was caught playing a video game during work and then I got in trouble and then they made me resign. I emailed them saying I resigned, even though it was not my decision at all. So wow. I don't know what that means or like what the deal is there. I guess they just convinced me because I was a young kid. One of my internships during law school actually was as a forensic accountant. Uh, I worked for a firm that the, the founder of the firm worked for KPMG. And she left it and started her own in New York City. And uh, um, yeah, it was daylight. And then it got bought out by Navigant or something like that. I don't know. Anyway, it was, uh, you know, I used to tell people, oh, yeah, I, I was a forensic accountant for a little while. And then I tell them it sounds a lot sexier than it is because it was just boring <laughs> stuff, dude. I, yeah. was, I hate it about auditing. It's like they don't want you there. I don't want to be there. So why am I there? You know, yeah. if they don't want me to be there. I don't want to be there. What am I doing? Why am well, I there? So I just, it was playing like a tower defense game and I'm pretty sure he saw the guy, Brian Shaughnessy, who was my boss at the time. Pretty sure okay that you me. just named him. Publicly. I don't care. That's what his name was. I'm He's pretty big, man. This, this might get out there. Oh man. Imagine if he knew that I knew that that's why he fired me or I resigned. <laughs> or whatever so i'm not even trying to figure out what what jobs there were so then after kpmg mm -hmm. i played an obsessive amount of video games so i was like number 300 in the country for rock band drums wow and central square in cambridge massachusetts is where harmonics was so i decided to go play test for rock band 2 and i brought my resume and i said hey jillian real name um <laughs> Here's my resume. Can you swipe it over to the finance team and see if they need any help? And then I got hired. I got technically hired by MTV Networks. So I got to go to like 1515 Broadway for wow. where like TRL was and stuff. And that was only occasionally when I had to make a, a finance report because they wanted the finance people to work for MTV and not Harmonix. Eventually they got sold. I had to get rehired by Harmonix because they were a private equity company. It doesn't matter. I eventually got fired. Mainly because I hired someone who uh, was my downfall. And that's happened twice where I hired, I literally interviewed and hired the person who ended up getting rid of me. Because I picked somebody who's got my weak spots covered. Like they're all about to-do lists and I hate to-do lists, but then they make me do to-do lists because I didn't realize I was hiring a boss. I just thought it was like a coworker. So it's happened twice. But uh, when I got hired from, when I went from MTV to just harmonics, I was like, I'm not going to negotiate salary. I just want you guys to consider 
giving me my own office at some point. I was sharing an office with two people. And the, bro- the straw that broke my own back was they tried to move me onto the cubicles. And I was like, this is the one thing. And you promised me yeah, that you're going to do it. So I just caused a big, giant shit storm. <laughs> no, I didn't have to because I was like, this is, I could have got money instead. And now I'm getting nothing. Nothing. Yeah. I'm going backwards yeah. in time. Right. So like you, Lewis. So then I was fired from that one. Okay. And every time so wait, wait let's, let's a, keep them in order here. So it was KPMG, yeah. which is, a, like I said. I always switch before. industries. And so then, then MTV. So public accounting, video games. Okay. If that helps. And then diamond jewelry was next. Believe it or not. So I'm always what just doing spreadsheets trying to predict the future of stuff. I don't know why. I'm not like a psychic. I can't, I can't tell you what we're going to make in five years. But I can tell you how the math works if we made a certain amount of assumptions. Right. But you guys got to go do this shit. I put it in an Excel worksheet, but you got to sell it. I can't sell the thing. I don't know how to sell stuff. Right. So Diamond Jewelry, though. So they were very hypocritical. They were very pro-drinking booze, but anti-smoking marijuana. So uh, I, I, got, I got you in trouble. You can see where it might be going, but, I, I, I can, but it's not going to go going. where you're thinking because it's okay. going to game six of the World Series 2013. The Red Sox win at Fenway for the first time since 1918. Wow. I'm there because I want a ticket at work. I'm like the least deserving fan because I barely paid attention all year. We win. I'm going nuts. I got two coworkers next to me. I said, hey, you guys mind if I led with Jay? They said no. They were lying. And then eventually I got fired for the smoking you weed. You, you lit up one in Fenway Park? Yes. But I've also snuck into Fenway Park when I was 18. So I felt pretty comfy. And also we just won the World Series. So everyone's going nuts. I mean, no one's going to. Right. There's nobody. Except for Ian, the IT guy. No one's going to care. His real name? You know? Yes, of course. They're all getting, <laughs> this is my million little pieces or whatever, but it's true. Because uh, it's just annoying. I don't care. It's yeah. the first name, whatever. He knows who he is. And if he's mm. listening to this, I'm very surprised. <laughs> yeah, me too, actually. So I switched industries. But that time I moved all the way to Colorado. I was like, screw this. I'm not getting fired from a job for weed. They legalized it January 2014. Mm-hmm. 10 days later, I was there visiting January 10th, 2014, and then moved out in March. Mm-hmm. So I could then hopefully, I mean, I got a medical card and stuff, but still, still weird things were happening with weed, which is interesting. Right. This time I went to real estate. I was like, I'm going to do, I'm going to work in a real estate company. And I wasn't even doing a lot of financial forecasting. I was more like asset managing giant office buildings, which was weird, but I worked for this billionaire guy. Um, and he would like pay his vendors late and stuff. I'm like, dude, not to him. Mm. Come on. You know, these people don't have money. You have an infinite amount of money. Why you got to squeeze everybody? Right. You know? And so like I got such a bad vibe. I don't like watching rich people trade money in a spreadsheet. That doesn't jazz me up. Yeah. So, but I got fired because I had a seizure at work and then they didn't want me to be a liability it seemed like was a reasoning wow. so, well, no you can't official reason fired for that right it's an at-will state or something it's one of those ones where you oh. can't uh complain yeah they just don't want you it doesn't matter they never need to have a reason yeah so then i worked in healthcare, which was ridiculous because i'm a finance guy i'm supposed to predict how much money we're gonna make right you can build blue cross 60 grand you don't know if they're going to pay $0, 60 grand, 
30 grand. You can yeah. pick any number. Overpay. So were you like an actuary then? Nope. What we okay. would do is, go, okay, well, the last five times we build you with this exact same scenario, this is what you did. You didn't do that this time. So we would just be averaging. I mean, but when I say we, I mean me. Mm-hmm. We're just averaging <laughs> what I think they might pay, but we had no idea. So meaning the healthcare system is so messed up in America. When you're a healthcare provider billing an insurance company, you don't even know you're going to get paid. Right. How does an individual person know what they're going to have to owe if we don't even know what we're going to get right. for money? You know, it's mm-hmm. ridiculous. So, and then we started favoring certain insurance companies because they were better or worse in terms of paying. And it's like, it could be so much more simple for no reason. We just messed it all up. So that's another one where I hired my firer. Um, <laughs> and she actually ended up leaving like three weeks after after she they fired, fired her, she, she, after she got rid of yeah, you. Well, she, everybody <laughs> well, doesn't realize they make these amazing Excel models and then they can't even use them. They don't even know how it works. Yeah. So half the time I have to train someone new and they're like, why'd they fire you? I'm like, because they're idiots. I don't know. They don't know what they got here. Hmm. So then after that, I went and worked That's four chem- or five. That was five. Okay. So we got public accounting, video games, diamond jewelry, real estate, healthcare, which mm-hmm. is biologic infusions, like uh, to treat arthritis and stuff like that. So mm. it would be, I'd be tracking costs and stuff like that. But then I worked for a chemical company that serviced the weed industry. So you'd think that would be like, yeah, that's your field. Money. Right? Oh. Well, yeah. So even though we weren't a weed company, cause we just sold chemicals like ethanol and stuff to weed companies. Um, I, was amazed that for my health insurance, again, health insurance is coming back. Kaiser made me stop smoking weed in order to get my own prescription drugs, even though I had a medical marijuana card. That doesn't make so my sense. health insurance yeah. company is the one getting in the way, even though my company doesn't care, even though my doctor doesn't care, and nobody cares. And I got a medical card. Right. They required it in order to prescribe me my ADHD meds. I'm like, uh, I cannot win. Yeah. You know? So you are qualified. To be a failure? Yeah. Or it took <laughs> to me be five the times to get fired to even realize I got fired five times because you can just lie. I mean, they don't make you face up to that reality in the next interview. I'm always good at interviewing and I can always say I was working on my Excel personal business every time. So it's like, right, right, right. You know, things didn't work out, X, Y, Z, whatever. Well, that, you know, I, I can admit now, like, uh, so I was an attorney for 10 years and I was a prosecutor at first and then I worked for a large firm. But then the last few years, I, I, I did freelance on my own, but, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't very passionate about it. So at the same time, I was kind of like working a few restaurant jobs here and there. And, uh, but I was still doing, I was still doing legal work. I just worked for a bunch of different lawyers. You know, I just do some of their side projects for when they had too much stuff on their hands. And mm-hmm. but my point is when I, then I went back to teaching and when I, I, uh, here in Japan. So it was, a, I used a CV, not a resume. So it's a much more detailed, um, you know what a CV. I they were just interchangeable. I didn't know it was, no, re- you know, resumes, resumes like, I one thought it was page. like Europe calls it a CV. No. We call it a resume. I thought it was one of those deals. Curriculum vitae or whatever it's called is what the CV stands for. And it's, uh, so it's, they have both. They, if they'd ask for a resume, you'd give them they won't ask for there. a resume. Actually, See what I'm saying only North America it, it replaces it at the very least. Yeah, but I don't think you're you're understanding that a CV is like five, six, ten. It can be ten pages long. So stupid. 
It's everything, man. It is every job you've ever had. You know, I like that. I just called like the entire rest of the world stupid. That's classic. Right. When actually right kind of the American version stupid is like, put everything on, just, just put it into one page. We can't read that much. Can you just jam it into one page, please? Also, we're not going to do anything smart with our metric versus imperial thing. You know, we'll just do some random stuff. Like, yeah, right. we make a lot of bad decisions. Yes. So um, we're proud of it. But I, you know, I didn't include in my CV that I worked at like, you know, Tony's Pizzeria or whatever. <laughs> I just, uh, I, yeah. it wasn't really Tony's, uh, but <laughs> I did work at a. Oh, place. you were even, you're fictionalizing names, even though I'm giving out. No, I'm doing it because I, re- I, can't, I can't remember the name of it, actually. It was just some. Give like, it a thought. It was an, it's uh, a. You work at a place and not remember what it was called. Come on. Because it wasn't really a big part of my life. <laughs> um, but Panama Pizzeria, because it was in Panama City Beach, Florida. But, um, but the point is that I, um, I could fall back just like you were saying that you could fall back and say, Oh, I was working on my Excel course or whatever. You know, I was actually still doing legal work while I was doing that. So that's the part I mentioned, obviously in my CV, I don't mention working at a pizza place at the same time. Is it easier for you now if you fail at something or to put it differently, do you fear failure anymore or did you ever? Of course I do. I'm a human being. I, uh, it's right. a lot of times I don't even take my own advice. I can give advice really <laughs> easily. I can say, get out of your comfort zone, you know, use fear as fuel and do the thing. But sometimes I don't do the thing. So part of it was to get myself more comfortable with it too. So while I did total this car, it's no longer in existence for a year and a half, I drove this thing around. And at the beginning I was like, Oh man, everyone's going to think something about me in traffic. Well, a, they were already thinking that because I had a Prius that was previously totaled in the hailstorm, but cosmetically so. So it looked like a golf ball. It was a Prius. No one gave me any respect anyway. So I was like, I'll just pop a failure on here and just give them one of those weird moments where they judge me and then try to figure out what this guy's deal is. And so I would be like, oh, no, people are passing me in traffic, uh, like worrying about what they thought. And then after doing that for like a year and a half, you just don't give a shit what people are thinking. You're yeah. like drumming on the drum. By the drum, I mean the the, the steering wheel. Mm-hmm. Because it's like I, I've i given the shit too many times now. I realize I don't need to. It doesn't matter. Yeah. So why do it? So it's like kind of exposure therapy to wearing that mask or like trying to figure out how to not care because I can't fake it. Like I said on the podcast, I can't fake it till I make it. So I right. fail it till I nail it. Let's say you know, I like it. That's a good segue actually to the five minute. I do a little epi- a little segment in each episode called Five Minutes Zen, where you know I tailor the question for whoever I'm whomever I'm speaking with, and that sort of segues to what I want to ask you, which is to help us novices, us rookies. Well, I'm not really a novice at fail. I've failed plenty in my life as well. But you know, you're talking about driving around for a year, but a year and a half before you get to the point where like i'm tired of giving a shit i'm gonna not give a shit starting now or whatever help us get through that process faster so when we fail in life you're the expert tell us how we should get over it what questions should we ask ourselves essentially how do we have the same attitude that you have about it how do we dust ourselves off and not give a shit and continue going forward so I've not talked about this yet, but I'm going to use your podcast to bust it out because we were supposed to watch this movie, Yojimbo. <laughs> Neither of us watched it, and uh, it's, yeah. a, it's now a verb that I've made up last year, a year ago. I wouldn't shut the hell up about Yojimbo. And what it meant is the act of embracing failure and making something more beautiful out of it. Hmm. I invented it, meaning that definition. 
Okay. Obviously, the movie the movie is forever ago. So let's pretend you're at no. If it's, people can't see, pretend you're at halfway of a gas tank with gas, right? Mm. So you're at half tank, mm. and then you hit a failure, and your tank goes completely empty. So like the needle Jimbo or something, and then it's no. You just oh. lost all your gas. It drained out. I don't care what okay. the mechanical okay. thing is. I'm paying, I'm just using the the gas meter. Go as, on. As I'm a sorry. Reference. So okay. <laughs> So you fail and you lose all your gas. Who cares why? You're jimboing it, which is a verb, right. would be then you don't fill it back up to halfway. You fill it all the way up to full. So you go the other direction with it. You make it something you wouldn't have done if you hadn't have failed. So, for example, I was on a big, long cross-country road trip. I was mishandling some weed that was already ground up, and I spilled it all over the floor of my car. And most people would be pissed off. And I was like, okay, I'm going to yo Jimbo this. And I decided <laughs> to get it detailed because I'd never had my car detailed before. Right. So you flip it around the other way. You figure out a way of doing it even better. So another yo Jimbo situation was when but I was you lost to do the, my. You lost the product, right? I mean, because you had to detail. Sure. So they, okay. Yeah, yeah. I can, okay. You can't fix every problem like instantly right. by yo Jimboing, but you can make yourself feel better by. Doing something that going okay. extra hard in the opposite direction to make something that wouldn't have happened if you didn't fail the first because time. Because you so weren't going to get the car detailed, but now you're going to. Never would have got the car detailed. Honestly, I crashed it before I even got the car detailed, but that was my plan. <laughs> okay. Ah. So that's one piece of advice. I like but the it. other piece of advice is to realize that it's not a big deal. Whatever you're worrying about, the way you think about it in your head, track that versus the reality and realize that usually it's not as bad as you think. Yeah, I, I and the talk more about you it. do it, the more you get used to it. Go ahead. No, that's I mean, you said it. I mean, because that's I talk about that a lot on on this show is like, you know, what you especially when people get caught up in thinking about the future, like, oh, I'm so worried about this or I'm going to plan out this. And it never not sometimes it never turns out the way you think it never turns out the way you plan yeah. Be worried about how much money you're going to have. How do I spend all this money I'm going to have in the future? Still, you're not going to have to have that worry right. exist either, but at least it's a fun one. Yeah. No. Um, okay. Well, what else you got going on? I know you're, you're obviously an ideas guy. You've always got stuff going in uh, your, your head, whether you actually do it or not. You're always cooking up something. And an Excel guy, we talked about that. Uh, what do you got going on the podcast? Where can people find the podcast? Where can they find and follow you? I want to ask you a question first. Social actually, media. I'm going to flip it on you. I don't care if I'm interrupting do you. Sorry. Go part on, part on yeah. Where are you with the, I'm going to go with the journey? flow. I'm going to go with the flow guy. Go ahead. Where are you in your podcasting journey? Meaning? Right where I want to be. How <laughs> great are the metrics when it comes to podcasting? Are they fun? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm assuming this is a rhetorical question. Well, you know the answer and I know the answer, but I don't know yeah. if the listeners know the answer because I'm happy to talk about how long it took me to get more than one download a day, which was over a year. But my favorite, one, you, my favorite one is actually when I look up how many, uh, how many countries this podcast mm. has been downloaded in. And I think I haven't looked at it in a while, but I'm at somewhere like, I don't know, 49 different, you know, there's only like 200 countries well, in the world. I'm 37, so, like, so you're good. Yeah, man. I'm like, who in Bahrain is downloading Zen Sandwich? You know, who in Cameroon or wherever, you know, like. I was number 125 in Nigeria for self-help <laughs> for a minute. 
I got an email once that I was on a top maybe 25, maybe 50 list in France. I'm like, who in France is listening to Zen Sandwich? So that one always makes me feel a little better when I see like, wow, somebody in Morocco is listening. Actually, for a while, like Morocco and Spain were my top non-English speaking countries. You know, I had all the, you know, when I look, obviously I'm downloaded the most in America and I get a lot of downloads. What's the percentage, do you know? Um, it's between 60 and 70. It's probably 65 to 70% are in the United States. Mine's 95%. Yeah. My, my, I guess a little more international. I don't know. I, um, but, um, part of that is because I'm in Japan and I've made connections with people all over the world. So I've got people in New Zealand who listen to this and I, I know when I'm getting that bump from New Zealand, that's like my Kiwi friends. They're doing it, you know? Yeah. Uh, after you, when you look at the list and, the United States is one. Japan is number two because I do know people here that, you know, listen to it and uh, or it's just me downloading it over and over again. But um, mm-hmm. and then there's all the other English speaking countries. So it'd be Canada, the UK, et cetera. And then suddenly it's like Spain and Morocco. And I'm like, who is in who's in Casablanca or Tangier <laughs> listening to Sin Sandwich? So, to add your download, yeah. where can they find Fine. They can go ahead and look up Failure Guy wherever they want. Right. Any of the things. I tried to get it everywhere. I got it on Deezer today. I didn't know I wasn't on a couple of things. So I was looking through. Meaning, I don't know if anybody, anybody who's listening on Deezer. No, they're not because it's your podcast. So um, (laughs) (laughs) I'll show you how to submit it there. It's supposed to be popular in Europe, I think. And I just also got to submit it to an Indian one as well because I want to be more worldwide, you know. So Look up Failure Guy. You can go to failureguy.com. You can look up Failure Guy on IMDb. You can Failure Guy almost anywhere. And uh, if they want my Excel training, they can go to excelexposure.com, excelexposure.com. And you can use the code failure if you buy the premium course for 20% off, which has yet to be used. So I'm stopping to do the ads as much on my podcast because... I know that it's not converting. So uh, maybe some of your listeners will be more into that whole spreadsheet game. I will put that in the show notes. I'll put the link. Okay. Anyway, I got to wrap it up here. Uh, it's been enlightening, Ben. Hey, if you're listening and you, uh, you got three bucks lying around, which is nothing, you can help this show out by going to patreon.com slash Zen Sandwich. I put every dollar back into the show. I want Do they get to write notes. What's that? Do they get to write a note when they donate? Did they get to write a note? Well, if they join. Yeah. yeah, if they join Patreon, they can send me a message. They can send me private, personal. All right. So if you if it's this episode that does it, send him a Ben sandwich. Ben sandwich. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Just to make sure. Well, I the get thing. Credit. Well, what they get, I, t- I will. And here's uh, if they put that in the note, they want that because what you do get in addition to access to other videos and and uh, um, full episodes uh, that are unedited, you also get a postcard made on washi that's traditional japanese paper that my wife and i make here in japan and uh, that's what we do for a living and i'll send you a postcard wherever you are in the world i'll give you a shout out on the show so if i send you a postcard and you uh and you've signed up because of this episode request the ben sandwich postcard and i'll that will be i will i will put that we'll on design the one i'll design one i, I designed some washi for me that is the other thing that people don't realize i probably don't promote it enough when i make the postcard I make it unique every time. Like the, the Dude, image. Tell everybody, 
Put their put like write their name on it or something. If you're gonna go well, to that, one. I mean, I, obviously, I write them a personal message and I sign I was it. Put it into the washi too, because you're doing it already. They'll definitely know it's custom if it's. Oh, I can Well, I mean, I print a I print an image on one side. I write on the other. I can't make it into the paper. I would always think someone's not doing the hard version if they don't tell me. You know. Well, whatever. You'll get a washi postcard if you sign up. patreoncom image. Uh, this episode has been a success, Ben, <laughs> or a failure. I think it's been a moderate success. Glad I don't have to edit it. That's so, all I care about. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you for your time, buddy. Thank you. Seriously. I appreciate it.